I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Bill O'Brien fired his GM, check. Fired his head coach, hmm. The Vegas betting market says they don't like it. Houston was six and a half over Jacksonville. Money coming in on the Jags. The line is dropping. NFC East, Eagles win first game out of their four and are now alone in first place. Dallas stinks. We'll break it down. New England tonight, special Monday Night Football edition bonus. 11 and a half at Kansas City. Last time Bill Belichick, a double-digit dog, the Super Bowl against the greatest show on turf. We'll cover that and more in the next hour of The Vegas Truth. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. It's the Aftermath Monday. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Monday, live on... 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Jam-packed. We got three hours of show. Just got an hour to do it. That means only the best stuff. Steve Fezzik in studio. Looking a little rested. Did you have any long naps over the weekend, Steve? <laughs> no naps over the weekend. Uh, I don't know. How'd you do in your seven picks? <sighs> one, five, and one. <laughs> Including a loss <laughs> on the Chargers plus six and a half, where I managed. We, we do our bet against the bookmaker line, and they were the only book in the world, seemingly, to have a six and a half on that game when I selected it. <sighs> I don't feel so bad for you. He's smiling ear to ear in L.A., Jonas Knox. <laughs> Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a busy Monday with all sorts of happenings and rumblings from around the NFL with all the game action and two Monday night football games coming up later on. What is the Vegas lead here today? Jam-packed. We're going to break down both Monday night game in detail, both those games. But I think as a live show, and that's what's great about the radio, baby. I do podcasts. I like podcasts. But... Sometimes you're talking about something that's done over or the news has changed before it's even released. We're live. Bill O'Brien out. Think we got to start there? Yeah, and according to uh, several reports, the Texans have fired head coach slash general manager Bill O'Brien. The Houston Texans starting off the season 0-4 after their loss to Minnesota yesterday. I got to tell you something. I said it in the headlines. I think getting rid of him as GM great move maybe as bad a GM I mean they're they're depressed right now every other team's depressed <laughs> that he's not the GM anymore but I think he is not only not one of the worst coaches I would make the case that Bill O'Brien is in the top half of the league I mean I'm not sure how you can think anything else so let's look at it. 14 through 19. So he won nine games in 14. 
didn't make the playoffs. Nine games in 15, made the playoffs, lost. Nine games in 16. Now, by the way, eight and eight, that's average. So third straight year above average. Again, made the playoffs, made it to the divisional round. So two playoff appearances in his first three years and literally made the divisional round. In 17, horrible year, 4-12. and 12. Bad. 18, now, by the way, Deshaun Watson gets drafted. In 18, 11 wins. Made the playoffs. 19, 10 wins. Made the playoffs, made the division round. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six full seasons. And the guy made the playoffs four times. Now, how many teams have done better than that? I mean, I'm guessing, I don't have it off the top of my head, less than five, right? Have, have more than five teams made the playoffs five of the last six years? Mm. I don't think so. Sounds about right, doesn't it? So you're telling me, now, here's the interesting part. The first three years... When he won 9-9-9, Herman Cain style, he literally had some of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Who was his quarterback before Watson, Fez? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of all the well, good gifts he had. Tom because Savage. He had backups. Was it Tom Savage? Savage? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Yates. Do I remember a Yates? Os- Osweiler. The Ostrich. Yeah. Uh, I think he got the I think he got the the corpse of um oh what's that dude's name he threw for a ton of yards one year um and then he he went to a couple he was with uh Shop yeah Matt Shop yes yeah and Lindley I think I mean what I'm saying is literally you could cut the 6 million dollar man style you don't have a real quarterback out of all of them and he wins 999 makes the playoffs twice this is an example of don't take every job that's offered to you. Because if he would have said, hey, I'm not a GM, I can't do both, he'd be sitting here saying, huh, what can I do? GMs, we don't have a GM. Instead, he takes double responsibility, obviously has to split his energies, and he was horrible as a GM. It probably affected his coaching, but I know for sure it affected Bill O'Brien's public perception. People perceived him as a, uh, I don't know who's done more with less. I mean, really. Let's go around the horn. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you guys agree with me. I don't have to keep ranting. Fez, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know what? In that playoff win so last say year. Say it your way. Like, what, what do you think? Where's Bill O'Brien? Was he on your coaching Bill O'Brien rank? just missed my top 10 coaches list. but he's- Oh, the mythical top 10. Okay. But he clearly, like you said, is an above-average coach. And frankly, that win last year in the playoffs, that win was against Buffalo. And that win's looking a lot better given how well Buffalo's Very playing. accurate Josh Allen. <laughs> what do you think, Jones? Uh, for the last five years, he's won the division. They won a playoff game a year ago. And after four games, and I would argue the toughest opening four games that I can recall in recent NFL history when you consider Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota, who, yes, their record is not nice right now, but Minnesota won a playoff game a year ago. 
I don't know what your expectations were because going into the season, that looked like a one and three start at best for me when it came to the Houston Texans. And the fact that it took four games and you've already decided to move on from him, the timing is a little curious. If you're going to do it this soon, why didn't you just do it before the season so that that way you'd at least have a fresh start? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And when you have Romeo Cornell in the bullpen, the starter finishes the game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's going, he's going to his arm falls off. 28 winners as an NFL head coach, 55 losers. Fez, I'm doing this in my head real quick. It's like 34%. <laughs> yes. I mean, think about that. 34% versus a guy, as Jonas said, for the last five division titles. And a lot of those were against, ah, Andrew Luck, huh? nothing. All right. It's funny. When we talk about the four out of five, I'm impressed. But you got Deshaun Watson. Okay. It's those first three years that impress me the most. Yeah. Right? And, and again, obviously Watson has made uh, two playoffs himself. Right? This is his third year. Am I right on that? Yeah. Because four and 12. Yeah. So... <sighs> Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Where's he in your quarterback rankings? Number five. Jonas, about the same range? Uh, I don't, God, I would have to go through the list. I would say top Certainly 10. Certainly top seven top, or eight, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah. All right. When is the last time a top seven or eight quarterback has had a record worse than seven wins? I, I got to take full culpability here with all my winners. I loved... Houston over, seven and a half. Doesn't look so good, right? But my thought was year after year, Big Ben, year after year, Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. We can decide who's on this list, and then I'm going to ask, what's the worst year they've had in the last five years? You know, I don't know if five is the right number of years to say passing has improved so much. It became so dominant. I think you could say six or seven. Last seven, let's go back seven. Seven years, and we'll do this during the break, what's the worst that the best quarterbacks have done? I can go by memory and say New Orleans had two years with seven wins with a historically bad, literally a historically bad defense. The Saints got seven. Aaron Rodgers, when he's been not hurt, has never had less than seven wins. Mm -hmm. Brady's never had less than seven wins. Big Ben's never had less than seven wins. So, if Deshaun Watson is a top five, a top seven quarterback, what the heck's going on? Well, the strength of schedule, Jonas mentioned it. You had to play the best teams in the NFL, Kansas City and Baltimore. Pittsburgh's a darn good team. And so this is the and first— Plus, you're playing the weakest of the three— after playing the other two, then you're on the road. And they, they willed it in the second half against Pittsburgh. Exactly. So them starting 0-3 was not a surprise. So essentially, one bad game against the Vikings. And you are so right. I disagree with Jonas a smidge. I think that is a bad loss. When you're 0-3, you got to win that game. That's a bad loss. But one bad loss does it. Because really, it's hard to really complain about the other three. One bad loss doesn't make for a firing when a guy has won the division four out of five times. Closing thoughts, Jonas, and I'm interested in your thoughts on Watson. 
if they do finish this year, I mean, Faz, what do you put the over-under on Houston rest of the year? So how many wins at the end of the year? If I said five and a half, what do you do? Over. They'll win six. Okay. 500 team the rest of the way. All right. You sound pretty sure of that. So you got them like number 16 in your rankings? <laughs> well, I'm assuming they're going to get some easier games here. Well, yeah. I mean, the schedule isn't a secret. <laughs> I've got them. 20- I don't know. Can anyone get a schedule for her? I mean, I've got them 22nd in the league, two points worse than an average team. So how are they going to go 50%? Maybe from I'm here? being too optimistic. What Five do you think, wins. Jonas? I wonder what, uh, as far as what the record's going to be at the end. Yeah. I would put him probably at four and twelve or five and eleven, just off so the top. So, what don't we say then? This is the best quarterback to have this bad a season during the passing era. And I also wonder what Deshaun Watson's role in all this was. I wonder if there was a conversation behind the scenes because. I mean, you trusted the guy to sign Laramie Tunsil to a blockbuster deal. You trusted him to sign Deshaun Watson to a blockbuster deal. And instead of, as you pointed out, just removing GM uh, responsibilities, you just take it all away in one giant bundle. I just wonder what the relationship was like and whether or not the organization decided to roll with Deshaun Watson as opposed to Bill O'Brien. Well, I mean, to me... The Tunzel trade is where it all started falling apart. Because remember, what they did was they said, we're going to trade two number ones because we got to protect Watson, and we're not going to get him signed. So what happened was, how do you give up? And we saw the same thing with Ramsey, with the Rams. How do you give up two number ones and let the guy go after one year or two years? You can't. Right in the the, la- the second year being the fifth year options in some cases, so now literally Tunzel was his own agent. Didn't even have to pay ten percent. Just hired some lawyers and got a deal that the cap guys are like flabbergasted by. Why? Because they had no choice. And then because of that money, you could make the case they had to let go of their great wide receiver Hopkins and then signing. Watson, but nothing around him, it seems. So, to me, the last thing I'll say is, this is all about management. This is all about ownership. Cal McNair, so this is the son. And if you go back through the son's Wikipedia, he's not getting hired by Google. (laughs) Okay? I mean, this is, from my perspective, from the outside, down, you know, down south, guy who you know went to okay schools doesn't seem to have anything on his right i mean i'll be candid i wouldn't interview him for coo with that a pregame.com with his resume now if you wanted to bring some billions over we'll have a conversation he can have his own office i'll get him cards the whole thing (laughs) but the fact is this guy is not a top level manager and when you get to the second generation that's what you get sometimes right because when the dad makes the billions and he buys the team, well, he, you know, and we've seen it maybe you could say, you know, with the Lakers till LeBron came. But boy, oh boy, I don't see how they just don't hire GM. And then they make, in my opinion, a shocking decision. All right, let's do this. I think it's a mistake. And as we said, the line is dropping. The line was six and a half. This is Houston at home against the Jags. It's moving towards six. Usually, Fez, 
they bet on a team that fires a coach because it's so bad. They, it's like, oh, a relief. We're finally past this guy. I think with O'Brien, it's such a shock. They're saying this is going to be disruptive, especially with Romeo. Exactly. Shocked that the line drops initially. Typically, the line goes up in a move like this. When we come back, it's Dallas Cowboys. It's the Eagles. And yes, the Eagles with one win leading the NFC East. What's the odds? That's coming up next. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Steve Fezzik, in the next five minutes, has one of his craziest takes of the year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a day. Don't, don't leave for the next five minutes if you like to be shocked. It's a great day to join. If you do, this is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled last year plus. Thank you so much. This best football season yet. Even with Fezzik losing... Have not had a losing week out of five picks in 11 weeks. And I got to tell you, going back to last year, you saved. I wasn't sure in Carolina. I'm going to give you some credit when we get around to that. I'm going to give you some credit. How'd you do in your seven? One, five, and one. <laughs> Didn't Tampa push? Not a bookmaker. Yeah. Tampa pushed everywhere but Bookmaker, which had six and a half, and that's the line you said we're going to grade against in our uh, grading for our $100 bets. No one likes to hear complaining, crying, belly aching from a guy with a mansion and a yacht. You're Let right me just about say that. that. <laughs> but I told you that that, that line was going to hurt, that in general, you were making a bad deal. You, you want to add another 500 No. So the deal is that. It's a hundred bucks a game. So what's your accumulated record right now? Six, fourteen, and one. Okay, so that's gonna be eight hundred and twenty-four dollars, right? And another thousand we got, right? Cross bet. <sighs> I think that's almost two thousand bucks. And we're not we're a quarter way through the season. It's early. It could you? be like eight thousand. It's early. <laughs> on the strip, Fez is cold, strip is hot, 95, the neon is pumping. So, RJ, the NFC East is another bad division once again in the National Football League, but we do have a leader atop the division, and it is the Philadelphia Eagles with a 25-20 win over the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. So, Jonas, let me ask you first. Impressive win, yeah. I think. I mean, maybe not. You could look at a given play and say, oh, that play, you know, Mullins could have done this or that. But when your season's on the line, and I, I get it. In theory, they'd only be one game back or, you know, half a game back, I guess, if they had zero wins. But just to get off the schneid, just to get this, you know, momentum, I think to go as a – what were they, Fez? A seven? Or that went up to like seven and a half, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, seven and a half point dog. So over a touchdown dog to save your season – Jonas, how impressed were you by that win? I was impressed because it looked a lot like the end of last year where Carson Wentz was basically having to carry the team because there were so many injuries and they were just gutted. And it reminded me a little bit, and maybe you guys recall this game from last year, where they were 1-2, and two, they weren't impressive to start off the season, and Buffalo. they had, a, they had a, a Thursday night game at Green Bay. And you remember Ooh, it, was a, yeah. it, was, oh. it was a short week, and they went into Green Bay, and they won that game outright. And Carson Wentz carried the load, and they played 
played really, really well. And it just shows me they're still capable with Super Bowl pedigree still on that roster of beating anybody in the league. And last night, the fact that Carson Wentz was a you know touchdown underdog to Nick Mullins seemed a little bit puzzling to me going into it. Really? See, now, yeah. I didn't seem puzzling to me because Carson Wentz, you could make the case, was the worst quarterback in the NFL the first three weeks. Statistically, I think that was the case. Um, they have a history. Remember, it was just the year before with Foles, but they had the Rams. What were That was a Sunday night game, if I remember. And they were like, what, 10-point dogs in that game. I mean, it was like if they lost that game, they were out. They won that game and ended up uh, making the playoffs and winning a playoff game, if I remember. You remember that, Steve? I do not. Really? You don't remember the Eagles winning a playoff game the year before last? Mackenzie, throw up the schedule there for him, for Gramps. All right. So now you remember that, don't you, Jonas? You mean after the Super Bowl season? Well, let's think about this a second. So the Super Bowl season happened. I think yeah. there was one year in between, right? Yeah, there was there was a year in between that was 2018. They won at Chicago. And then Yeah, the double doing game. Yeah, and then they went to New Orleans and you could argue they had a lead early in that game and if Alshon Jeffrey doesn't, you know, have a ball go right through his hands, they would have beat New Orleans and and that was a New Orleans team that was in the NFC title game against the Rams. And to me that was impressive, but what was really impressive to me was when they they were injured big time in the defensive backfield. Yeah, they were going into the Rams, and it was an extreme line. And uh, Mackenzie, we're going to get that at any point. Hello. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm grabbing it. Yeah, yeah, okay. What are you like uh, doing an abacus? I mean. <laughs> Fez, I I think you're rubbing off on him. (laughs) Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Um, I want to hear. I got some theme music. I did find that game, by the way, RJ. The Rams were, yeah, the Rams were 11 and two, and they were undefeated at home, if I'm not mistaken. And Philly went in there below 500 at the time and beat him 30 to 23. Yeah, yeah, interesting. The uh, yeah, 30, yeah. Mackenzie has up, so I got a screen, and he has it up in eight-point font, like 40 feet away. <laughs> so if I, had, if I actually had a telescope, I could see this. Now he's going, oh, look, okay. <laughs> All right, I actually got theme music. I'm never going to talk about this game again. That game is never going to be discussed again. I've, I've, I've just ran it for my memory. All right, here's the theme music, Fez. Now, people might recognize this. Sounds like James Bond, right? Yeah. Well, what you did to Philadelphia is like a, it's, it's like a caper, right? <laughs> Explain to me how you adjusted the Eagles. Did not make an adjustment. So no upgrade. No upgrade. You said coming into that game, you had a perception of the Eagles. And now, after winning a borderline must-win game on the road is over a touchdown underdog, you said, yep, hold steady, baby. Hold steady. Yes. And how bad, and where were the Eagles at in your rankings entering last week? They were 21st. So clearly a below-average team. And what did your rankings say... The line should have been last night. It had it right around seven. 
So you, you were lined up with the market. Mm-hmm. They beat the spread by how many points? They beat the spread by 12. And you said, nah, no adjustment. Explain. All right. For the entire game, San Francisco was the better team. San Francisco was unimpressive. Mullins was horrible. Could not get the offense going, but the defense pretty much shut down Wentz and company. So San Francisco was nursing a three-point lead fourth quarter. Then Mullins imploded. So San Francisco nursing a three-point lead. So that means that Eagles were um, exceeding expectation at that point. Yes. Okay. So... San Fran has the ball approximately at midfield. Mullins misses a wide-open receiver that would have gone for 30 yards, would have put them into scoring range. Are you going to give us a (laughs) play-by-play? The next play— You do realize that every game has these. Well, it was all on Mullins. You do realize that every game has these, I I, I know, but Mullins, minus three in turnovers for the game, and the two turnovers in the fourth quarter were absolutely horrendous. The pick-six that he threw and the fumble that he gave up, that's why— San Francisco lost this game. I'm, it was on Mullins. He was terrible. But he was the quarterback that had a line of seven and a half. Yes. But w- what I'm saying is, I don't. Jonas, does this make any sense to you? Uh, that Sam, that Philly would not be upgraded after that win. I would upgrade him. I mean, that's a road win. But I mean, how's his argument sitting with you? I. T- I think. I, I, listen, I don't want to pile on, but I, I happen to believe. I happen to believe that Fez is a little pissed off about the fact that the lines makers only adjusted the line a point and a half for the loss of Garoppolo when he clearly was ahead of them and said it should have been more because oh. Well, you actually are – you're a better Fez watcher than I am at this point. Because I texted I mean, you, him about it. I asked him what the difference of the line would be, you know, if, if Garoppolo was in there, and he pointed out that he disagreed with him, and as it turns out, he was probably right based on how Mullins looked. I love Jimmy G. How's <laughs> <has> that? <laughs> I mean, the bass in his voice. I love Jimmy G. It's like three <laughs> bourbons, a cigar – a silk robe and uh, no undergarments. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. I love Jimmy G. Steve, you just told me a story about a bad pass. A bad pass. So you could tell this. I mean, did you downgrade Cam Newton after he threw a bad pass the down before in Seattle? No, it was a bad game across the board. The overall yeah, but he's a backup quarterback. But the overall stats: Philly won by a hundred, lost the yardage by 150. The yards per play was more than a yard per. Statistically, San Francisco so, won this game so by, did you upgrade, by eight points. Did you upgrade Dallas? No. How was their How was their yards per play? How was their offense comparable to Cleveland? Both right around so, seven. So you should have made it even, though, right? No, because Cleveland got their yards running the ball, oh, and Dallas oh, was that's throwing. A cor- that's a corollary we didn't know about. So if you run the ball and get over 300 yards and give up the most yards in the history of the franchise rushing, like <laughs> Dallas did, you adjusted a half point. Like it's just a little bonus. It's a factor, you know. I mean, if you're going to get that many yards running the ball, that shows how bad Dallas's defense is. I downgraded Dallas a full point. Here's the thing about. Dallas. Literally, they led the NFL in 2019, last season, the entire regular season in offensive yards. They led the NFL. They did not have a winning record. The first three games of this season, they led the NFL in yards. 
They did not have a winning record. And now they still lead the NFL in yards. And I think they had the most yards in the entire league last week, right? Yes. Dak threw for almost, he threw for 500 by himself. And they lost. And they got dominated. Dominated. At what point do the stats not matter? Like, how do, like, you say the Eagles don't count because their stats were 150 yards off. So the fact they won on the road is over a touchdown underdog. Eh, it's fine. No big deal. But do the Cowboys' stats matter? I mean, like, I'm confused on when stats matter and when they don't. You know, the Cowboys, when you watch them, that's a high risk offense. Even like when they're scoring touchdowns. Dex- oh, so now you're going to do an adjustment because of the risk. Now, do you do this for every team? Typically, or, no. But now you're going to start for Dallas. Yes. <laughs> All right. I rest <laughs> my case. I'm going to take a few deep breaths and we'll come. I'll be ready to go. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. We got a bonus NFL game tonight. I say we got to get to it. Let's go chronological, Jonas. We'll start with New England. Yeah, it is the uh, Chiefs hosting the New England Patriots. 7.05 p.m. Eastern time is the kickoff, so a little less than a half hour from from now. And right now on pregame.com, the line is actually moved from when we started the show. It's Kansas City now a 12-point favorite on pregame.com. And we said it in the headlines. It starts the show at 6 Eastern every day. This is the biggest underdog the Pats have been since this greatest show on turf, <laughs> Kurt Warner, in the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, let's just look from 2001 on, all right? The Pats have been greater than a touchdown underdog twice. In 2009, against the Texans... And if I'm not mistaken, that would have been with Castle. In 2016, against the Cardinals, I can still remember that mm-hmm. game. They were seven-point dogs. Remember, uh, uh, Bruce Arians was the coach. And this was the four-game Deflategate suspension. And let me see. They won. And let me see. In 2009, they won. So Bill Belichick has not lost... <laughs> as a over a touchdown underdog, well, I don't know, in almost 20 years. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're going to win here. It just means I don't automatically think they don't have a chance because Belichick does well as a dog. What's your first thoughts, Fez? Just a tiny lean to Kansas City. It's really? all it's all about the scheduling, RJ. Think about New England. They didn't fly to Kansas City until this morning. So think about their day. They had to wake up early in the morning. They board a plane. Early in the morning. <laughs> they, that, that darn alarm. They could only hit the snooze once. Well, they had all these distractions with the cam and the COVID, and now finally flying out today while Kansas City's resting up, doing their prep work, etc. And the fact that Kansas City had that huge game against Baltimore last Monday night. So this was going to be a bad spot for Kansas City on a short week. That extra day for Kansas City, I think, is a big edge for them. Well, if we look at the line here, and let's do this. We'll take our last break. And when we come back, I want to understand how much the line adjusted for Cam. My gut feeling is maybe too much, maybe too much. 
I like New England here, but we'll break it down. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., we have got two games on Monday Night Football kickoff in Kansas City coming up less than 20 minutes from now. And right now on pregame.com, it is the Chiefs, a 12-point favorite hosting the Patriots. So, Fez, you lean Kansas City. And just to get this straight, your main rationale is – that they couldn't sleep in today. Yes. <laughs> that, that's the main I think rationale. this is unprecedented, horrible travel for New England. Okay, so explain that. That isn't them not sleeping in. Well, the fact they had to wake up in Boston, board a plane, go out to Kansas City for this Monday night game. I mean, that's very difficult. See, that's interesting. Jonas, I mean, you're around these teams somewhat. Um my understanding is the NFL typically forces a team to stay overnight one night and that these teams, in some cases, would prefer to come in the day of the game. Yeah, I think that – and I'm trying to think. When, a couple of years ago I had seen that more and more teams are getting to – their destination closer to kickoff because they don't want those guys to be in that town for longer than one night in some places, just, you know, because those guys like to go out. Um, This one, I heard in an interview on Dan Patrick on Fox sports radio this morning, and I forget who the Patriots insider was, but he said that this is going to equate to a 22 hour workday for the Patriots, because not only are they, are they leaving early as Fez pointed out, but they're taking two separate, uh, uh, planes or two separate buses because there's some players that were uh, near Cam Newton and some players that weren't. So it's all discombobulated as they head into this. Yeah, I don't know. My gut feeling is I trust Belichick on this stuff. Yeah, but I also think you could make the case, and you know, anyone that's had like a flight that got delayed for like 20 hours, you know, you start feeling. You know, there's something about it. I don't know if it's enough water or fresh oxygen or something, but you feel run down. And then when you finally get there, it's like you're ready to clap. And again, these are professional athletes, but still, even if they drop off 5%, it makes a huge difference. They still might be better than, you know, an average person ever could be. But how are they going to compare to the Kansas City team? That's the question. And, and the I lot- actually, and RJ, I'm sorry to interrupt. I no, actually wonder, because I've heard this from athletes, from fighters who go on these long trips to overseas to, for a fight. Their way that they cure jet lag is by working out. So the second they get there, they find the fitness center and they go and they work out and they get a sweat in and they're completely back to normal. They feel great and they're ready to go. As opposed to most of us, we get there and we're, you know, dragging a little bit. Those guys go there to work out. So I wonder if the Patriots, that's their plan when they get to. I mean, Jones, you would have a zinc water, a coconut water, (laughs) do some jailhouse workout (laughs) in the room and you'd be ready to go. A Chris White, sure, right? (laughs) Absolutely. V neck. We're straight out of Vegas. We got two minutes. Let's do the second NFL game or Monday night game. Yeah, Monday night. It's 9 Eastern time. It's been moved back on ESPN. Falcons at the Packers right now. Green Bay, a a five-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com.
So this baby was seven all week. Injuries with the wide receivers, I think, driving the line move fast. Exactly right. I lean to Green Bay regardless. The market is really correcting for these wide receiver injuries for Green Bay because Green Bay is— And the fact that Jones is playing for Atlanta. Yes. And Green Bay is not deep at wide receiver at all, so they go ahead and lose Adams. He's a top 10 wide receiver. He alone's worth the point. Lazard, their number two wide receiver, went for 150 yards last week. Behind him, they only have one uh, reputable wide receiver, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. All the other Green Bay wide receivers, no catches this year. That All those names was just one person? <laughs> Couldn't they split those up somehow? <laughs> Guy nice anti toko umpo. But different. Yes. Say it again. Valdez Scantling <laughs> is their number three wide receiver. Wait, He's that, now their you, number one. You gave like four names before. Now you're just giving two? Now Malik Taylor and Russell Shepard no, no, go I'm into saying the there rotation. Was four na- before you said like four names, was that one person or not? The, the, this, <laughs> the dude you were just talking about, the first guy, what's his full name? Marquise Valdez Scantling. He's one dude. <sighs> Sounds ri- It sounds like he came from what, a lot of country club, it sounds like to me. I got to tell you, this fa- I said this about the Cowboys. I'm going to say this about the Falcons. To some degree, the stats don't matter if you're missing something intangible. And I get it. If you can't put it on a piece of paper, if you're a math guy, you're going to be skeptical. You're going to be skeptical of it. But all I know is Dallas has had great stats, and they don't win games. And Falcons have been a wise guy darling pretty much for years, and they don't win games. So to me, I, I'm, not, I'm passing. I got a small bet on the Patriots. If you had to pick one game, you got five seconds, which one would you pick? You have to bet it. Prop bet. I'll play Aaron Jones over 35 receiving yards. All right. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 